Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hey everybody, if you're new to the show, welcome. I am Lindsay, this is Krista. We started this when we were almost 30, but now it's really become like a metaphor for Mm -hmm. any transition and a community to support you, a resource so that you really never feel alone and you feel like you can dig in here anytime you're feeling, I don't know, a little lost, Mm -hmm. maybe a little in need of guidance. Yeah. Here to be your spiritual besties. Truly. Here to make you feel less alone. And we're so grateful to be your guides in this journey. I'm really excited about this conversation. This is something that was a huge realization for me in my spiritual awakening of being someone who is empathic, very empathic, almost so empathic I'm in denial of it. (laughs) I've never wanted to even admit it. Mm -hmm. And then realizing how much of our conversation around being an empath is really tied into codependency and kind of tied into enmeshment and really just sort of taking an honest and hard look at that journey and conversation so that we can be as aware and conscious as possible as empathic beings. Yeah. I really realized I needed to be like, it was like a responsibility thing for me when, because I know I'm empathic, but I was like, wait, how much of this can I actually control? Mm -hmm. You know, which is a lot, Mm -hmm. I think. Yes. Um, Once you become conscious to what you were saying, the the codependent tendencies Mm -hmm. and just what I was compensating for because Mm -hmm. of how I grew up or what I felt I needed to be or, yeah, it's been such a journey. I have a lot of internal pep talks when Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like super spongy. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, this is not yours. Mm -hmm. All is well. Yes. You are in your body. Yes. (laughs) I always like, I put my hand over my heart now when Mm -hmm. someone's like, so I can differentiate my body and unblend my body from theirs yeah, and just kind of keep that space. But being an empath is something that's so beautiful and powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many of you have a gift of being an empath. I think from like a numeric perspective, they say 15% of our population are empaths. There's a scale. Mm-hmm. The Highly Sensitive Person is a really good book. If you feel like you have a lot of the tendencies of being an empath, you can learn more about those tendencies and what the experience of being an empath is. But This was something that for me has been very prominent in my life where I would pick up, absorb, become other people's energy, almost like as a channel. You know, I didn't realize that what I was doing was either my mood was completely dictated by Mm -hmm. other people or my experience was dictated by other people. And through my awakening, I started to create what I didn't know, but boundaries. And I started to really just like up my spiritual hygiene and Mm -hmm. notice where I felt better, notice where I felt worse. But there still really is that tendency, and I see it a lot in our community and even in conversations where people are like, I'm a feeler, I feel all those things. And it's like, how can we take our power back and not be a victim to that, not be Mm -hmm. a victim to the experience of others, not be someone that's like, because this person is emoting or experiencing or toxic or whatever, I'm not going to take that on and really do your energetic protections, your boundaries, your own energetic hygiene so you can be in your own experience and you're not taking on another person's. It's hard. It's not It's not yep. always easy. I am in the midst of planning our wedding. Yes. And that is, I think that is number one on my commitment list during this process, which is to be in my own experience. Yeah. I've just promised myself and Sean, like, let's have fun planning mm-hmm. this. Let's not stress. Let's follow what feels good mm-hmm. within this process. Let's be fully aware that two years from now, we might have done it differently, but this is how we want to do it now. And to protect our peace within it all, because already as an empath, I'm like picking up on 
other people's opinions, mm-hmm. what I should do, what I shouldn't do, how they feel about what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Sean's really good at not taking that on mm-hmm. as his own. So it's actually a nice little mirror for me to be like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got that. But then it's also presenting some really good opportunities to either have conversations with longstanding codependent relationships within my family. Mm -hmm. I won't be specific, but we can all kind of relate to that Mm -hmm. where you get an opinion from someone that you either love or are part of your family forever. And I'm someone who can understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. But then now as an adult, I really need to advocate for what is right for me and not take on what they're feeling about it. I'm proud of myself thus far. I'm very, very proud of myself. I even told someone in my life who had an opinion about a few things. I was like, you know what? I'm so proud of myself because in this moment, like I'm actually not taking what you're saying as personal. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's what's up. And, and they like didn't know what to say. And I was just like, therapy's amazing. Yeah, dude. That's what's up. <laughs> you're actually like talking to a screen. Yeah, it was it was, crazy. it was wild. It's like I can kind of pull up and out. And that's yeah. a practice that I've been doing where I'm like, I pull up and out and I'm like, am I good? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Is this my truth? No. Mm-hmm. Is this person having their own experience and will always have their own experience? Yeah. You know, it's like I kind of try to like just be very truthful about what's actually happening rather than being like, oh my God, like, can I just be happy? Yeah, it's like <laughs> you hear the story. Of other people. And it's mm-hmm. like, you can very much hear it because it's not very much based in reality. Yeah. Or it's just their own reality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I their guess, own, yeah. it's so true to other people, yes. their their own experience mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's like, okay. But yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I'm doing it quite quickly. Yes. Which is nice. I just felt so called to do it soon. I'm not someone that wanted to be in the planning process for a year and a half, two years. I think that's mainly because I've seen people be in that process for so long, especially over COVID and all those things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, it's just not my thing. And I kind of like the momentum that Mm -hmm. I have where I'm like, oh, I need to make decisions quickly and I need to do a lot in a short period of time. And I'm kind of like getting energy from it, which Mm -hmm. feels good. And yeah, we're doing it, you know, in New York and I'm excited. It's going to be intimate Mm -hmm. for that first part of it, like the ceremony and whatnot. It's going to be super, super intimate, which presents like a whole slew of opinions and yada, yada. But I'm like, I feel like you haven't gotten that many. Or do you feel like? Just like family stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's like normal. That's normal. But I just like, I can't wait to look out and just like have everyone we love. I know. Period. I can't wait. Like everyone we love and then like everyone we love can have an intimate experience yes. too with each mm-hmm. other, which will be so nice. But yeah, it's it's like bing, bang, boom. I got my dress. I I'm like doing that. the things. I'm like just moving and shaking. And it's, you know, what's really, really cool. I'm curious if you experience this with your wedding. It's really expanding my experience around money where it's like, yeah, do it do it. Like, I want it. Let's do it. And let's not like, yeah, let's not overthink and also come from that place of like, you know, that lack really, because we can do it. Yes. You know, we can make it happen. And um, this is something that's important to us. And I know that we'll look back and not regret a single thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what did, What was your experience? With yeah, that? the money thing was the best because I've always had a great relationship with money, not an incredible, like obviously yeah. I'd be like bawling if I did, but I've had a good relationship with money. I sort of understood the dynamics. I needed to sort of un, unplug from 
how hard I work is how much I make mm. because I started working when I was like 13. Yeah. You know, so I st- I've been working forever and I loved that feeling of like how totally. hard I worked is how much money I made. So that was something I had to get out of. But I think I told you and I've said this, like I wish I spent more on my money mm. because when in life you're like, when you really realize what's valuable to spend money on, for some people it's stupid. They're like, yes. this is so dumb. Flowers, so dumb. DJ, so dumb. Plates, so dumb. Doesn't make sense to them. For me, having that moment with people that I love, there's nothing more important with my partner, with people that I love. Like, that is what life is about. It's yes. not about, for me personally, a car, clothes, right. whatever people spend money on. It was about that. And yeah, I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, money comes and goes. Money is for important experiences from my perspective. For other people, it might be different. For me, it is for experiences. Yes. It is to experience life in a really beautiful, luxurious way, which mm-hmm. is my unique experience of luxury. Mm-hmm. And just like not limit. Yeah. Because then too, you're just, it doesn't, this is the whole thing. It doesn't make sense. You're like $400 for our, our, our chairs. Uh-huh. At the wedding, we were sitting in our chairs. They were these chairs, 300 each. And I like looked over to Justin. I was like, 300 each? <laughs> 300 each, 600 bucks for these chairs. And he couldn't believe it. And it's just like, you got to laugh. Like, yeah, I just you literally like, got to laugh. Whatever, dude. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's a wild, it's a wild thing. And yeah, that idea of just like two years from now, yes. even less, it's not even going to be a thing that you see in your, in your experience of like, oh my God, there's the hole where the, all the wedding things went. Like yes. money comes and goes yes. and like, it's all and good. Ours was, you know what I realized too? So we had ours in 2021. So the pandemic had been happening. I I really have just realized how much money I saved. Yeah. In oh, the pandemic yeah. because you weren't doing anything. Of course. So recently I've been like, yo, what's up with mm-hmm. this whole credit card deal uh-huh. <laughs> because we're just traveling. You know, people are of going course. out more. People want to experience more of life. And I was like, well, I think I saved a good amount of money because of the pandemic. We yeah, weren't traveling. Perfect time. We weren't doing anything. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're no. not going out to dinner, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think one of your authentic codes or codes is like luxury. Mm-hmm. One of mine is like, like beauty. Yeah. Like I just love creating like beautiful environment, beautiful experiences. I like adorning myself. So this is like, this is fun for me. Yes. I'm like, I just, I love this. It's yes. like a creative mm-hmm. project that I'm just like, oh, I didn't expect to like really like this. And it's just kind of fun. So those certain things that I'm going to want to spend money on, like Sean might be like, whatever you want, like, I don't care, but like mm-hmm. whatever you want, it's kind of nice to own it, you know? And there are certain things that he really wants to spend money on that I'm like, okay, I wouldn't, but sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a nice little dance and collaboration that he and I are doing. We respect each other's preferences for what we want to spend on, but they're definitely different at times. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah, guys, it's like music or yeah, the bar. It's just kind of random. Yeah. It's very random. Yeah, but I appreciate it. I'm like, hey. I remember that on Friday we got down. So we had something on Friday too for everyone on the beach. And Justin gets down there. There's like flowers and tables and mariachi and all the everything at the Viceroy, and he was like, did you know this was happening? <laughs> he literally looks at me, and there's a whole fucking, like, whole wedding set up, basically, on Friday. And he's like, did you yeah, know? Did you know about this? I was like, I did. That I did. Sir. I did, sir. <laughs> I was like, hey, remember the last 12 months? <laughs> honestly. But it was like, whatever, dude. You know, I wasn't so ever. True. It's just, it gets too, honestly, for a guy, it's too confusing. 
if you show them, like, this is my Pinterest board. Yeah. These are the chargers. Yes. These are the cups. They, like, lose it. I know. Short circuit. Yes. It's just way, Heads way, way too off. much. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's incredible. And it's important, especially on your day. I think that was really powerful for me, too, was to have the experience of being super clear with my relationships and how I wanted to show up. Yes. And how I wanted to speak to people and how I wanted to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Really giving myself that permission around my wedding time was actually really, really fun. Completely. Yeah, I'm going to start to think more specifically about the actual day because I'm the type, I think I want to be alone for the morning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know how you do the whole thing? We started doing makeup early. I'm like, "Mm, no. I regret that. Yeah, I think we'll just kind of be together. And then at some point, I'll obviously get like more dolled up without him and do the first look thing. But yeah, I'm not going to have a wedding party. Like yeah. just kind of simple, simple and incorporate people in like different ways. So yeah. it's more personal. But yeah. that's the vibe. We're making it happen. But it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Empaths, if you're getting married. Empaths unite. <laughs> Honestly, it's a, whole, it's a whole thing for empaths. You can really get lost mm. in it. Yeah. And that's what's interesting too is when people don't understand energetics or energy dynamics at a wedding, you can really lose it. You could be like, what is going on? I know. You know, it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's so true. So true. This episode is with just me, Krista, and I dig into the plight of the empath. And I talk a little bit about my journey as an empath and some signs of the empath. So some of the characteristics and traits of being an empath. And then I talk a little bit about the shadow side of it, which Mm -hmm. is the unconscious side of being an empath which is codependency with this enmeshment, which is really just like an inability to master or work with the solar plexus in a way. And that really oftentimes kind of messes with empaths and really has them give their power away. So this is oftentimes where empaths can't be as successful as they want to be because they give so much of their power away from their solar plexus. So I want to talk a little bit about how to take your power back as an empath, how to really own your gifts as an empath, and how to really protect yourself energetically or not even protect yourself, but be in right relationship with your energy as an empath so that you can be in your power and you can be in your own experience. So I'm excited to share this with you. It's one that is near and dear to my heart, and I'm really grateful. Amazing. We do these solo episodes together or individually quite often, so check them out on Almost 30. and. As you know, we do interviews almost every week, and we're on five hundred and yeah, baby. something. So you have Got a lot. To you do. have a ton to dig into. We appreciate your listenership. We know that we're not the only podcast out there. So thank you, thank you for just your ears and your heart. If you want to learn more about Almost Thirty, the community, and ways you can learn and grow and connect with us, you can go to almost30.com. We have our membership waitlist. So if you didn't join the membership yet, we have welcomed a bunch of new members. We're so grateful and excited. But if you're curious, go to almost30.com slash membership and you can hop on the wait list. Yeah, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Almost 30. We'll see you on Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast, and on TikTok, Almost 30 Podcast. Enjoy this one. Bye, guys. I am so excited to dig into this topic today on empaths, on empathy, on being an empath, on the life of an empath, on the gifts of an empath, because As you may or may not know, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It is something that I honestly have denied about my experience, about myself for a really long time because 
for me, a lot of what it meant in my mind to be an empath was to give my power away, was to energy match, was to be completely controlled by other people's emotions or experiences. And I felt scared about that oceanic ability to feel. I felt scared to be the feeler because sometimes you can really lose yourself in all the feelings that exist in the world, although that's your gift. So before I was in a more unconscious understanding of what an empath is, and I didn't really understand the beauty and the power of being an empath and the magic that we have. And I know so many people in our community, so many people listening are relating to the term. They identify as an empath. They are mega feelers. They are people that are extremely sensitive and they want to know how to take their power back. They want to know to tap into their gifts. They want to know more about it. So after all of my research and after all of my exploration of this, I'm so excited to dig into this episode with you guys. It's going to be very, very beautiful and very powerful. I would send it to that empath friend that you have for sure. So my journey with this experience of the empath, I was someone that was a deep feeler from a very, very young age. And honestly, it made me really sad. It made me really depressed from a young age. And I was basically taking on and processing and making my worth in being an emotional match for people. Really matching people's emotions was my experience and my understanding of what it meant to be in a healthy relationship. My understanding of what it meant to be there for someone was energy matching or giving my power away and completely just feeling for everyone and everything. And so when I came to high school and came to college, I went the complete opposite and I became the rebel. And I decided I'm going to have mega boundaries and I am not going to be feeling for anyone else. So I definitely boundaried myself up and decided I was going to feel my own feelings and be in my own experience. So I've been doing that for a long time now in and out. It is an art not a science. It is something I have to practice every single day, but boundaries has been key. Understanding energy has been key. And I'll talk a lot about the keys, but for me, I've been really reclaiming in the past two years, what it means for me to be an empath, the fact that I am a feeler and how I can live and express in this world and how my feeling can be the medicine. How can I allow that beautiful femininity, that beautiful heart to be seen and heard and felt in a way that feels good for me, in a way where I'm not abandoning myself along the process. And so my empath journey has been reclaiming that word, understanding the power in it, and really being in a place of sovereignty as an empath. So an empath is really a term that's derived from the word empathy, you know, which is the ability to understand and share the emotions of one another. So as an empath, as you imagine, is someone who takes empathy beyond what most people experience. So when you're an empath, you basically are so attuned that without proper boundaries, you can absorb other people's energy. An empath is also a, someone that is very highly sensitive and they have extra sensory perception that they really use through their gifts that they have in this world. And that extra sensory perception was mostly for empaths created from situations that were really hard. For me, I had to adopt an extrasensory perception to survive. So my gifts are often from survival, but it's someone that is highly sensitive that really has that extrasensory perception that can feel and intuit how everyone else is feeling. Many people are aware of someone when they are clairvoyant or claircognizant. This is where the clairs come in. And oftentimes empaths 
are highly sensitive people that have access to these clair abilities. So you listening to this podcast might be someone that is clairaudient. Maybe you hear things. Maybe you hear voices. Maybe you hear ancestors. Maybe you hear your guides. Maybe you hear God. Or maybe you're someone that is claircognizant like me. You just know. You get intuitive hits and downloads where you just freaking know. But you could be a clair or have this clair gift as an empath because you are so highly sensitive. Empaths are really born with this beautiful, innate ability to sense and perceive the world through very non-physical undertones. And this has also been my life of the unseen, where I'm like, whenever I'm in conversation or communion with people, whenever I'm talking to people, I'm always, how are you? And I'm 100% of the time talking about feelings. I 0% of the time am talking about what you're doing what your resume says, what your ego says, how work is. I honestly am trying my best to understand that is also okay to be talking about those things, but my life is all feelings, no facts. I am all feelings, no facts, baby. I do not want to know about the 3D world. I'm like fully in the feelings. And I've realized this as I've gotten older. I'm like, wow, I'm such a feeler that I'm fully interested in people's feelings and their energy and their experience that I actually want to bring more in of the, the 3D. Empaths really can sense and perceive the world through these non-physical experiences, such as energy, such as feelings, such as emotions, or also through dreams and visions. So you're able to really tap into this mystical aspect of life and of the world in this really beautiful way. So you could be someone that's a highly sensitive person, an empath that's really having these powerful, profound dreams. That is very much part of my experience and very much part of the experience for so many where you're almost like a medicine woman or medicine person, and you're really feeling through dreams. And empaths are really known in the most general sense to pick up on other people's thoughts, ideas, emotions, intentions, their state of being, their urges, and any other type of vibrational input. So the empath is interested in or the empath is attuned to the vibrational frequency of another person. Usually when they were younger, it was their mom or dad or their caretaker. And really it's the work of the empath to get older and to really pull away from that need to match a vibrational frequency or to be fully in tune to other people's thoughts, emotions, ideas, intentions, and urges, and really be in tune with ourselves. And I think this is a really important part of being an empath that I also have gotten more comfortable with and accustomed to and more confident in. And really a lot of this is helping you feel more confident about your unique expression and who you are as an empath. You can pick up on people's thoughts, emotions, feelings, but also you can pick up on the environment that you're in. So you can be someone that is feeling or hearing or sensing more. I am someone that is incredibly environmentally sensitive. I remember in college, we'd be out at bars and clubs and I would be miserable because I'd be picking up on so much unconscious energy and feelings and experiences. And where normal people would be like, yes, I'm like drinking. I'm like doing my thing. I'm like, I am fucking miserable. And this is not fun for me. Too loud of music, too much smells, too much sounds, too much textures, too much going on for me to process. And so I would just get ridiculously drunk and be completely unhappy. That is a pattern that I no longer participate in, but that's what was happening. When I would go to music festivals, this is also really hard for me too, because you're also experiencing a lot of people that are very open because of drugs and alcohol. So there's a lot of emotions that are coming up with music that is programming you or sounds, sights, a lot of different things are really happening in these environments. I also very much noticed my 
highly sensitive part when fabrics would make me sick. (laughs) I used to go to this gymnastics gym when I was very young. And at this gymnastics gym, I would go and I would feel ill. There was this fabric at this gym when I was very young that that I would feel even to this day and get sick. It makes me sick. It's it's just this weird feeling. Lindsay knows I can't handle it. So this fabric at this I experienced first at this gymnastics gym and then in life I would feel it just made me so sick. I would just feel the energy of it. And what was happening at this gym that I used to go to when I was very young didn't happen to me, thank God, but was very very dark and very very insidious. It was disgusting and gross. And when I found out later on in life that I was intuiting and picking up on the energy that was being compressed into the fabric or the energy that was being picked up in the fabric, it was making me sick because I was touching it as an empath. So people were having this gross experience. The energy was in the air. The energy was in them. The energy would be stuck in the fabric. And then I would touch it and get sick. And so when I realized that as I got older, I was like, oh, wow, this has been something that I've really been experiencing a lot of my life. And I really need to understand in a deeper way. I really want to empower people to understand more deeply so that you can take your power back. So basically, you're going to pick up on anything that has energy, animals, plants, trees, nature, spaces, places. And you will also be someone that watches movies. Maybe you don't like scary movies. I am someone that I just think scary movies are just not for me. And I've never liked them. I watched literally a scary movie when I was nine and I still think about it. And it is just too intense for me. There's too much going on. I'm too sensitive to what's happening, too sensitive to the feeling and experience of the person watching. And you can also have the experience as an empath where you're watching a movie and you feel like you're the character or you feel like you're living in the experience yourself, I will, you guys, when Titanic came out (laughs) and I saw it 45 times in theaters, I literally, this is a Pisces thing too. I'm a Pisces. I'm in it. I'm like closing my eyes. I'm on the boat. I'm like in the car. Like I'm doing all the things. It's like, I will be in the experience too much. I need to be super mindful of what I'm consuming from a media and movie perspective because I will be in the experience. I'll feel like I'm in the experience. I'll feel like I'm the character. I'll feel like I'm the person. It's almost like a channeling aspect. So that sensitivity and that openness can really cause us to lose ourselves in things. And I have to be mindful when I'm watching series or movies like Peaky Blinders is literally my favorite show ever. And I honestly had to chill out because I was like, yo, I'm like close my eyes and I'm in London. And I'm like, what's happening to the Shelby's? <laughs> like would fully be in this experience. And I'm like, okay, how can I pull up? How can I pull out and remember about my own unique energy and expression? The high sensitivity or the empathy is really like feeling everything, like I said, but it's also just to help you understand contextually like what you've been going through if you haven't really understood being an empath you also feel what is not spoken out loud. So you feel people's pain and fears, even if they're not consciously feeling or understanding them. And this has been something that, who, honey, when you know things that people are hiding from themselves, it is a very unique and interesting experience that can get you in a lot of trouble. And that very much has happened to me where 
as someone that is very intuitive and, and very much an empath and very much a feeler, you can know things that people might not consciously know themselves. And I've gotten in trouble many times in my life for saying things or calling things out that maybe the person wasn't privy to in their conscious mind yet, came true later, and really kind of brought them further along in their journey than they were supposed to. So people will also not know how you know. You're like, how do you know that? How how are you able to understand that? And that's part of the gift of the empath. So things that seem really obvious to us, oftentimes I would say things and I'll say things to people in conversation that seems really obvious, that seems really general, but might be very surprising to others or might be something that they haven't recognized or understand themselves. And this is another thing. All my ex-boyfriends will say it. It's hard to lie to an empath. Can't lie to an empath. Lying is just, it ain't it. We can feel it. We can catch it. We know it in our heart. We understand it. We know. I've known every single time something has happened for the most part. And then later on, I said, God, I'm good. I'm good on knowing. (laughs) Keep it to yourself. When things happen, it's really hard to lie when someone is really tuned into their gifts, when someone's really understanding. So that's a power. That's a beautiful part of our power is really being aware of that and not really using it to be like, you're lying, you're a liar, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how can I use that information to make discerning decisions for myself to stay sovereign, whether I want to speak my truth or not? How can I really understand the power of knowing if someone's in their truth or not? I think the biggest issue with a lot of the gifts with being an empath that I've had to sort of re- claim and re-embrace are when people are like, what are the facts? What is reality? What is 3D? What is the science? What is the thing? And I'm not, when I say science, it's like so loaded from the past two years. I'm just saying fucking the word science, okay? Unpack that from your mind. I'm just saying when people are like, what are the facts? What are the things? I'm like, it's very hard as an empath to be like, I just know. I'm trying to put words and I'm trying to put a vocal vibration to what I'm feeling and it's hard. It is hard sometimes for an empath to be in relationship or conversation or situations with people that aren't feelers or that aren't allowing themselves to feel because a lot of us are conditioned to only see reality, stay in reality, stay in the matrix, stay in 3D, stay in on earth, stay on the all these things. Earth is dope. So we do want to stay there. But many of us doubt our gifts, doubt our abilities, doubt our intuition, doubt our ability to feel, doubt our ability to predict even because we've been so conditioned away from our gifts to fully live in the five senses of what am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I touching? What am I tasting? And there's such a life beyond this five sense world that we actually tune into more than we think, but we deny that I've really had to reclaim because so much of my experience and the beauty of who I am is because I'm able to tap in beyond reality, because I'm able to see things and feel things and know things that you know other people don't know yet, or I'm able to tap into the truth of the situation, or I'm able to see what's going to happen in the future. It's so important that once we embrace this knowing and the beauty of being an empath and a feeler and someone that's highly sensitive, it really allows us to take our power back and understand how we can use all of these gifts for the greater good and how we can use all these gifts for our highest expression and for the highest expression of humanity because we need it. I mean, this world and nothing makes sense. Nothing about this world or experience or the way that we live really, really makes sense. We think in our minds, we're like, this makes sense. 
I go to school and then I get a job and then I get a car and then I get married. But from the soul level, it doesn't always make sense and it doesn't always happen that way. So how can we take all of our power back? One of the challenges that I see and I've very much felt as an empath is that we're so tuned in to other people's feelings that we can really lose sight of our own needs and desires. And this happens to me so much where I'm like, who am I? And I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I would have experiences where I would be in conversation with friends or people intimately, and I'd be talking and asking questions and all the things. And I'm fully, I'm so immersed in their own experience, almost like a movie where I'm like, whoa, I'm just kind of feeling into it. I'm like listening, I'm intuiting, and I'm tuning. They'll be like, okay, so, you know, what's going on with you? And I'm like, who's me? I literally am like, me? Who? who's me? I I honestly lose myself so much that I forget about my physical body, my physical expression, my unique experience, and my own needs and wants, my own feelings and wants. So it's so important for an empath and someone that is empathic to understand in a deep way your own feelings and needs. And this is where it kind of gets mixed up with codependency, where I'll see a lot of people that are like, I'm just an empath. And oftentimes they're prioritizing other people's needs above their own other people's wants above their own, and they're really losing themselves. And imagine if you're someone that is completely unaware of your empathic nature. You go out, you get a coffee, the barista's pissed, the person bumps you on the shoulder, you walk past a couple, they just got engaged, there's a dog that's barking crazily. That's four situations that could provide you an opportunity to completely lose yourself in those various experiences And you don't even know how you feel today. You don't even know how you feel. So because the body is the antenna and the body is completely being the antenna in every situation, sort of picking things up, tuning in, tuning out, you really, really can lose yourself in it. So that's really the mindfulness that we need to bring to this and the importance that we need to bring to this. I think for a lot of people too, when we aren't clearing the antenna, when we aren't doing our self-care And when we aren't checking in on our nervous system, checking in on our body, when we are not being mindful of the emotions or feelings or thoughts that we're carrying with us and releasing them and transmuting them and alchemizing them, we can get sick. We can get sick. We can feel powerless. We can get confused. We can get lost. We can oftentimes feel confused about the path of our life and what we want. Oftentimes, you know, when people are like, what do you want with your life? They're like, I don't know. And we're oftentimes intuiting what does this person want me to say? What they what would they think is cool? <laughs> what would you think? How, what would you be impressed by me saying? And we can't even pull ourselves back and be like, yo, I want to be a chef. I want to be a fucking dog walker. I want to be whatever it is that I want to be. And I'm able to own that in my unique experience in any situation because I'm unaffected by the response that I receive from people. So you can really, really feel powerless if you are victim to everyone else's emotions, feelings, needs, and wants. And it can be crippling. And it can provide sickness physically, mentally, and emotionally. And one of the most important parts of this, I think, with being an empath that I've really had to work on across the years, and I still continue to work on, and it still continues to be some of the most powerful work, is around the nervous system. So the nervous system, for me in my case, as an example from a young age, was working in overdrive too figure out what I needed to do, who I needed to be, who I needed to feel for, how I needed to feel to be safe. 
So my nervous system was highly aroused in a lot of situations because of the threat of survival for me feeling like I needed to attune to everyone else to be safe. So my nervous system continuously in a lot of situations, say I'm at a music festival or say I'm at a party, it will be highly aroused because I'm sensing and feeling and experiencing everything in a really, really, really deep way. So the nervous system is really, really working over time to process input that you're receiving from people in the environment. This can also happen in a really subtle way that we oftentimes don't realize with us looking at our phones on social media. So most people are like, I'm gonna just scroll and chill. And hey, we all love, we love a dirty scroll. We love a just a chill and a scroll for sure. But our body is not processing that as relaxation. Our body and nervous system continues to be aroused by the information we are inputting. So you're actually not really relaxing when you are just scrolling, even though you're in bed. You're like, I'm in bed, I'm chilling. No, your nervous system is still highly aroused. And we are prone as empaths to being over aroused. We are prone to having our nervous system be highly aroused. It's part of the energy we feel like we get from life when we're not sourcing life or vitality or our essence from God or from our soul or from source. Then we'll kind of hyper arouse our nervous system and be like, hey, what's up? Where am I going to get my energy for the day? This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how 
passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets, whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L-threonate. It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. There are specific signs really to look for when learning our own ability to be safe and our own ability to calm the nervous system and our own ability to prevent arousal or reduce the arousal. I also noticed this with conversations with friends, family, with my husband. It's like when I'm hyper aroused, it is the triggered state oftentimes. It is that state where I am completely triggered and I've been taken over and I am no longer in my highest expression. I'm in fear. I'm in stress. I'm in grief. I'm in shame. I'm in anxiety. And I will act as such. So sometimes as an empath, if I'm not doing my self-care, my energetic hygiene, I will get highly aroused in my nervous system and then I'll just be off to the races. I will be highly emotional. I will be cold. I will be dismissive. I will be all these things because I haven't taken care of really regulating my nervous system to a point where it feels safe for me. What we can experience as empaths when we're not paying attention to the nervous system, we're not being mindful of the nervous system, and we're not doing our self-care and our energetic hygiene is really shutting down. You can go numb. You can withdraw. You can disengage. You can avoid. And really just like not being that beautiful, warm-hearted, loving, open, kind, empathetic person that can be there for someone but can also be there for ourselves. Importantly too, when I'm talking about self-care, it's like, I think we all see, you know, we kind of get the ideas of self-care that are like the social media self-care where it's like eating a large pizza and drinking wine is self-care. And you're like, okay, that's it. That truly can be self-care, but it's just, there's kind of the commodification of self-care. But for an empath, self-care is truly essential. It's essential for your expression. It's essential for you to be in your power by taking care of yourself and coming back to your home. So it's really important that you're taking 20 minutes a day. I take you know 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. I do it often throughout the day, just kind of checking in with my body, 
reminding myself where I am, where my energy is, where someone else's energy is, and recovering from being in a highly aroused nervous state so that I can really be present with myself and I can really feel my unique essence. One of my favorite practices, and I'm so excited to share this with you all because I've been thinking about it a lot and I've been doing it a lot, is to put my hand over my heart. So if I find myself either in a highly aroused state, I'm super stressed, I'm anxious, or I'm around people that are highly stressful or toxic or anxious or depressed or going through it, it is not bad to be any of those things. I have been and will be and continue to be those things all the time. But when I'm feeling myself, ooh, just kind of ooh, getting caught in the wave. And it's so funny because right when I was saying that, I felt myself leaning forward as if someone was in front of me feeling those feelings. If we find ourselves around someone that is emoting a lot, feeling or expressing in a state and place where we would normally get caught up in the wave of that emotion or their feelings, I put my hand over my heart to remember my own heart and my own energy and to make an energetic difference to differentiate between my energy and theirs. Because with my hand over my heart, I'm able to feel my body. I'm able to feel my breath. I'm able to feel my heart beneath my hand. And I'm able to really remember like, okay, my physical body is here. Theirs is there. I can be different. I am different than them in their experience. And I can hold space with my heart for them, but I'm not going to be in their feelings. I'm not going to feel for them. So I really love the hand over the heart for when we're in situations where we really need to come back to ourselves, when we really need to remember where we are, where they are. You know, sometimes I often think too, it's a little bit of a boundary for my heart. I want to be as open-hearted as I can. I'm very open-hearted, but there are times and places and spaces when it doesn't completely make sense to be always super open-hearted. It doesn't make sense to be completely just blown open. And so I want to have like even a little physical boundary with my heart so that nothing really happens to my sweet old heart because empaths can have hard times with boundaries so really the need to understand the power of the empath and our connection and our gifts is so important for us to be healthy, for us to be well, and for us to be supported by the people around us that really love us, you know, for them to understand the experience that we're in, because as much as we want to be there for them, understand their experience, which we've done all of our lives, they need to also be willing to understand our experience as an empath. So I want to go through some of the um, character traits of an empath. I think I described a few of them previously, but I think it's important when you're understanding yourself on a deep level or you're understanding people you love on a deep level to have a list or place where you can really look at like, okay, I identify with those aspects. That seems like something I relate to. Where am I giving my power away? Where can I take my power back? The biggest, probably most popular ways in which we understand the character of an empath is they're listeners. So empaths are really, really listeners. They are people that are really easy to talk to. They're great, great listeners. It can be one of those situations where, you know, you're in the car with your Uber driver and they're like, I have never told anyone this and I'm telling you. I feel like I just opened up to you. I just shared so much. I feel like I'm telling you things that I don't tell anyone else. It's really that subconscious understanding that the person that you're talking to knows instinctively that you're going to listen with compassion and understanding and non-judgment. And I think that's one of the really important things and some of the most beautiful parts of an empath. I actually just want to have a moment with that realization because I've noticed that when I'm listening to people or when I'm in, in community with people or I'm engaging with people, 
a difference between someone being an empath and someone being codependent is that an empath will listen without judgment. And an empath will be someone that's so in your experience that they actually can't think about anything. They they won't really be available to think about anything else. Whereas a codependent will want to fix, control, or solve. The empath is so immersed in your own experience and feeling in a boundaried way or unboundaried way, depending on how conscious you are, that they are really listening to you with compassion and understanding. And I remember there was a situation where someone really pressed me on that. They're like, why aren't you providing advice or why aren't you sharing what you think this person should do or what I should do in these situations when you're listening? And it took me a while to really understand that the way that I'm listening is without judgment and the way that I'm listening is with a true goal to be present for what's there and to not be in any other moment but this and in this moment be present to what is for you or the situation. And if we are in the situation where we're thinking about they should break up with them, they should move, they should quit that job, they should post on social media more, they should not eat that, they should drink that then we're not really in empathy because we're not fully in the emotions or the experience or being there for someone, but we are more so in codependency because we're trying to fix or solve. So empaths are really, really these feelers. And something else that I had to learn and something that I still really struggle with, something that I was privy to or made privy to about five years ago when I had really lost my power was an understanding of the solar plexus. The solar plexus is the really the power center in the body. It's really by the lower stomach in the body, and it's really the seat of the emotions. So I had for so long, my solar plexus was really this bowl. I saw it as this bowl almost filled with other people's emotions or experiences. So the solar plexus is associated with a sense of self, confidence, and your worth. So when you're feeling like you are the same person as someone else, when you're feeling like you're one, when you're truly feeling into them and you're feeling into their energy, you really don't feel like you're separate. You really don't feel like there's any difference between you and that other person. So you essentially are giving your power away to that other person through this process. So you are also allowing them to sort of fill up your bowl or your cup with their emotions. And that's what I did. I allowed my my you know, beautiful solar plexus to be clouded with the emotions, experiences, and feelings of other people for so much of my life. So I really needed to reclaim my understanding and my sovereignty and my power and the beauty of my solar plexus, that really beautiful power center. Another thing about empaths is we just know things. So if you're someone who's just known things in your life and you don't know how and you don't know why and you it's appropriate, sometimes it's not, it might be too much for people, really the more attuned that you are, the stronger your sense of this gift and this intuition is because you're really feeling into their field. You're really just tapping in to both them and things seen and unseen. So you're reading into the vibrational frequencies around you and you're getting a lot of information. So you really want to be able to attune to understand it. Something I mentioned previously about you know my experience with public places and going to like music festivals and bars, my gosh, bars, was that as an empath, public places can be really overwhelming. So I really want to empower you to take care of yourself. If you're someone that doesn't love to go to the club, doesn't love to go to the bar, doesn't love to go to crowded places, doesn't love to, you know, be at a baseball game, be on the subway, be whatever. I think we all have to figure out how to make our lives work and not be crippled by our empathy. But we really can just find places and spaces that feel good for us. Being in nature, being in the bath, 
being in quiet, being at home, being in a cozy dinner with people that you love. You can be over aroused in your nervous system when you're in places and spaces where there's a lot of sensory input. I feel like we're all super sensitive, much more than we think. So I think this affects everyone, but I think it affects empaths on a level that might be something you just want to check in on. I definitely had this experience a lot. I was like, why do I actually hate this? (laughs) But I'm trying to like it. I said before, empaths, we don't like scary movies that much. We don't want to feel the feelings of fear, of dread, of grief, of despair because we're feeling enough for people already. That was another thing too. I'm like, why would I want to feel scared? (laughs) I feel enough fear in my life in general, whether it's mine or someone else's. I don't really want to feel scared anymore. So I stopped watching scary movies. I don't watch most TV. I will watch, if I'm watching anything, comedy. I love some documentaries really get me every once in a while. I'll watch Gaia. I'm a YouTube gal. I like comedians on YouTube. I like to learn about crazy philosophies and theologies, but I'm never watching things that are too emotionally charged, even positive, because I actually don't want to be affected or pulled or sucked into a program, to a narrative that is not my own. So I don't engage with any of that. Us empaths, we also love nature and animals. I tell you what, as a gift of an empath, my animal communication skills are top-notch right now, you can really tune in and tap into animals, to nature, to trees. But we love nature and animals because nature and animals give energy to us without anything in return, especially Mother Earth. So Mother Earth, our dogs, our cats, our birds are giving us energy consistently and completely in this really beautiful way out of a genuine love and care for who we are without any expectation in return. When you go into nature, you can feel yourself healing and just reattuning and recalibrating in this way, but you don't need to do anything back to nature. You know, at the macro level, yes, my friends, we do need to take care of nature. But from the energetic vibrational level, when you're in an experience in nature, mother nature just gives. Animals just give their love to you. So being in nature and animals is just, it's the best. No words need to be said all vibes. We're just vibing. Me vibing with my cats is where I want to be. There's also the feeling, I think, when you're more on the unconscious empath side or when you're really working on tapping into your gifts or your understanding of being an empath, where there's a lot of fatigue, you can be really, really tired. You can be exhausted at times. I know that there was a time when we had a big batch of interviews for the podcast And I had unconsciously taken on people's energy. And after a series of interviews, I was exhausted. I was bedridden. And I was bedridden because I was unconsciously taking on and processing people's energy. So I had to come back home to myself, do my self-care, do my energetic hygiene. But empaths can really get drained and be tired because we're taking on too much energy from other people. Think about that. If your antenna is always up and you're everywhere you go, you're sort of feeling and thinking and processing and experiencing this very vibrant experience, it can be very tiring. So you need to sleep. You need to rest as much as possible. Spending time alone is beautiful. Spending time in nature is, you know, from my perspective, even better. And to that point, you know, empaths do need solitude. I am someone that is so, so much an extrovert. I love people, but 
solitude is an important part, I think, of any human experience. I think whether you're an extrovert or introvert, introverted extrovert, which is basically all of humans, we need solitude at points to come home to ourselves. It is so important that we come home to ourselves. We come home to our own essence, our own frequency. We come home to our own energetic signature, what it feels like to be alone with ourselves. And empaths can really, really go crazy if we're not getting enough alone time, but we really, really need to spend time alone. I think anybody, we all need to just kind of tune in, check out, be alone as much as we can. Empaths also have the clairs. You know, you could have one or more of the clairs and clairsentience is one of the most common ones with messages that come through as feelings. You can feel something. And for empaths especially, you're going to be the person that's really feeling for people. So you're naturally strong in that feeling of feeling for others or having this like psychic gift. I'm someone that's claircognizant. So I just know I have things that come in as downloads. It's a knowing, it's a feeling. It's a knowing so much so that I don't know how anyone else wouldn't know. You know, when I'm sharing something or saying something, it feels so true that it's there's no possibility of of any other truth. And so I'm often confused if I'll share something that is like a download that I have. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize that that was, came from somewhere else. So checking in on your clairs, whether it's clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant, whatever your clair or your gift is, when you're an empath, you have these beautiful, beautiful gifts in excess to you. And I can do an episode on, you know, the clairs and more on the gifts of the empath soon because I think that'd be a beautiful one. For empaths, physical spaces can really have a strong effect on you. Whether you are traveling and you're in a new city, a new state, a new country, or you are in a home or a hotel or a hostel or a coffee shop, physical spaces can really, really have a strong effect on you. You can pick up on the energy of a physical space. I mean, honey, what do you mean? I am like, when I'm traveling, I am like, what is this place? I'm a very particular traveler because especially when you're going overseas, when you're going abroad, when you're going to places that have a lot of deep history, whether traumatic or beautiful, the physical spaces often have energetic imprints of the people there or of the energy from that space and place. So you need to be really mindful, especially hotels. I mean, come on. No, no, no. I'm like, need to clear the space. So it can be a good or a bad thing because a positive environment can be really beautiful and uplifting. And when you're at a concert, that's amazing. Or you're at a birthday party or you're with people you love, it can be intoxicating. I mean, I've felt high on life when I've been around people I love, doing things that I love. But if you're in a negative situation or you're in a negative environment, it can feel really suffocating. As an empath, you can know to trust yourself. You can know to remove yourself. You can know to just trust like, hey, this doesn't feel right. I don't want to stay in this room. I don't want to be in this place. And you can go. Empaths too. I love you guys. We are one, but we are generally ungrounded beings. We are kind of ungrounded. I am very ungrounded. (laughs) I had a massage the other day with this amazing woman. And she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I was in your shoulders and it was just really beautiful. And then I got to your legs and I was like, where did she go? (laughs) Because I literally am like, what legs? What do you mean? I'm like, I look down, I'm like, what is, what's happening down there? I feel ungrounded a lot of time. So you can feel really ungrounded as an empath because we're so in other people's experiences or emotions or, you know, in our dreams or in kind of the realms that are seen or the realms that are unseen, actually, that we can sort of 
become ungrounded. So it's really important to ground yourself through meditation, through dance, through ecstatic movement, through nature, through whatever practice feels good to get grounded. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. Empaths are also really vivid dreamers. I am a dreamer dream, 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 dream. I've been dreaming since I was very, very little. They were terrifying for most of my life. And now I've gotten a grip on that. And now they're really beautiful and powerful and prophetic. But dreamers is like a big quality of the empath. A lot of times because within our dream state, we're processing what's happening in the subconscious. You are sort of having this experience in the day and then you're having this unseen experiences, and then your dreams are processing any feelings or emotions or whatever happened through the day is being processed. And then sometimes your mind will make mental images of what you're processing from a feeling or energetic perspective, and that will come to be your dreams. Dreams are fascinating. We've had a few podcasts on them. If you want to search dreams, almost 30, highly recommend, but you can also get signs in your dreams. So normally before I go to bed, I, I pray and I'm like, let's have fun tonight in my dreams. Let's heal. Let's express. Let's explore. Let's get clarity on this thing. How can I use my dream state as a place and space where my guides and my angels, where my highest self can connect with me? Also, empaths are very creative because of our ability to channel, our ability to know, our ability to tap into the realms that we can't see. 
This is another really beautiful aspect of being an empath, you guys. It is so incredible that we have this powerful creative ability. Think about the most beautiful or the most crazy or the most interesting things in life that have been created or invented or expressed are oftentimes like, where did that even come from? It came from another world that came from a consciousness. It was channeled. So people that are really sensitive do well with the creative field, with singing, with dancing, with drawing, with writing, because we have that really unique, vivid imagination, because we're so in tune to the energetics of things, it can be really, really good to have that free flow of information done through creativity or an expression. So empaths, we are truly creators of the world. We are truly, truly, truly such powerful creators. We are also healers. So a lot of times empaths are drawn to healing work, are drawn to work in the healing space, whether it's holistic therapy or anything related to metaphysics, anything related to energy, because you will then really provide yourself with a positive outlet for the abilities that you have. So for me, the podcast is a perfect example. I have this ability to channel. I have this ability to know. I have this ability to tune into people. I have this ability to read energy and read emotions and all these things that I'm so grateful for that I wouldn't have been able to admit years ago. But I have these abilities that I can now have a positive outlet for through the podcast, whereas before I would probably have just been doing that with my boss and doing that with my friends where I'm like reading them and I'm feeling for them and I'm intuiting for them and I'm using my gifts in a way that wasn't serving me. So I'm so grateful that I have a positive outlet for all the gifts with the podcast, with the community, with the healings, with the coaching that I do. By allowing yourself a positive outlet, whether it's just art, creativity, expression, drawing, dancing, singing, or whether it's a podcast, whatever it is, allowing yourself these outlets really can provide you a beautiful peace and fulfillment that you might not have had before. So I highly recommend empaths find a artful, beautiful, creative way to express their empathetic side to help overcome many of the negative and overwhelming experiences and feelings of being an empath. So if you're someone that's like, God, I'm just feeling... I'm experiencing, I'm feeling caught up. I don't know what's mine. I don't know what's theirs. That vibe is not fun. But the vibe of, I'm an artist. I'm a feeler. I'm an expresser. I'm a channeler. I'm doing these beautiful things with my gifts. That's fun. That is fun. That is really fun. Those are some of the qualities that I perceive for empaths. There are definitely more you might see different ones. You might experience different ones. I'm excited to start a conversation about that. But those are some of the ones I wanted to just bring to surface as ones that I intimately know and have felt. You know, we're in a time where so many of us are really being called to do our soul's calling and to do our soul's work. So if you are someone that is being called to your dharma, being called to your purpose, being called to find your purpose, being called to something greater— It is really important that you understand your gifts as an empath. You understand your energetic signature. You understand how one of the ways that you're able to provide impact in a really beautiful way on this planet is to help absorb and transmute and transform and alchemize a lot of the pain on this planet. So lately, I've been tapping into that. My denial of my emotional self, my denial of my empathetic self is really a denial of my ability and my gifts to help absorb and really transmute a lot of the pain that exists on the planet. 
Of course, I'm not thinking I'm responsible for all of it or that I have to do it all on my own, but I know that a part of my gift is that alchemization. And we know that science is proving, you know, that with our emotions and not just our thoughts, with our emotions. So this is very Joe Dispenza work. These emotions really are creating our reality. And that's why it's so important that as empaths, we should be able to be in our own energy and we should be able to be in our own emotions so we can be the creator of our lives or we are having our lives created for us. If you hear anything today, that is what I want you to hear. If you are an empath and someone that is a deep feeler and you are not in the driver's seat of your emotions, then you are not in the driver's seat of your reality because empaths need to be able to be in our own energy, in our own emotions, to be the creator of our lives so that we can be co-creator with God of the life that we want and not a victim to a life because we're in someone else's feelings, emotions, or experience. So Joe Dispenza often talks about when we awaken to our creative abilities, when we awaken to the idea that we are co-creators, we have to learn how to generate our emotions from within. So we have to learn how to really allow ourselves to tap into our own reserve of emotions and experiences without any external stimulus. So for me, this means I need to be alone and in solitude off of social media, in my own space, in nature, with my animals, in peace whatever that is, to be able to generate joy and love and happiness and serenity and satisfaction on my own. I need to be able to cultivate my own feelings on my own to create the reality that I want with those positive feelings. You need to be able to get to the point where you don't need anyone else or anything outside of you to really get those elevated emotions. So what I do is I have a memory bank of beautiful elevated emotions that I can tap into whenever I'm wanting to experience one of the feelings I want. A time when I felt really abundant, a time when I felt really beautiful, a time when I felt really loved, a time when I felt a static joy, a time when I felt synchronicities. How can I really tap into that memory bank I have to really cultivate those feelings that are mine on my own in my life to create the life that I love? So once we empaths are educated and trained on our gifts of being an empath and we're able to understand energy and how to take care of ourselves, because we're tapping into the unseen realms, the possibilities are truly endless. And the empath's life is really, really meant to be aligned with the healing path. We are deep healers. We are all healers on our own. We can heal ourselves, but the empaths have this really special, unique ability to be healers. So the call for an empath to be a healer is a profound one and it is a needed one. And that once we really integrate the gift of being an empath and stop resisting it or stop being in fear of it or stop feeling like it's a detriment and it's a burden, we can really access these greater levels of awakening and awareness and consciousness and beauty within our lives. And we're really able to be more of that magnetic self that maybe in the past we were unable to access and be. We're really able to come back to being in power and not being overwhelmed at times to not be fully present in our bodies. And it doesn't need to be so dramatic. We can be in our own experience and our own sovereignty and our own joy and our own truth and still support the world in being healed. My empaths, my feelers, I'm with you. I love you. I am totally there for you. And I'm excited to dig into this concept more. I'm going to be doing another episode on empathy in the next couple weeks. And if you loved it, make sure to share it. I want to communicate and connect with all my feelers. I love you.
Thank you so much. Again, that was a solo with me, Krista Williams. You can connect with me on Instagram at It's Krista. It's I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. And thank you to the sponsors for this episode. If you're new to Almost 30, Krista and I consider ourselves master vetters of brands, products, experiences, and we only bring you the ones that we love and use in our everyday life. You can go to almost30.com slash partners or in our show notes to find the discount information just for you as an Almost 30 listener. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. We'll see you soon. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.